In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. I know that this never happens on any other Sunday ever, but uh, today's Gospel reading might be one that at least for the first half it goes one ear and out the other. I know that never happens any other time, just today. Uh, maybe not for the last part, because that last part is the story of the birth of Christ, uh, what we'll be celebrating, of course, tomorrow night. Uh, but that first part, we might not hear all of the names that are going on there, because there's a whole lot of them, and they all sound very different. But those names represent a lot of people. They're not just names. They're names of people, the genealogy, the ancestors of Christ, and each of them, uh, in particular ways, help to pave the way for the coming of Christ and help us to understand exactly what it is that Christ is doing in the Incarnation. And there's one name that might stick out to you that I'm going to try to talk about today, and that's the person whose name is Zerubbabel. If you look at the, in the genealogy there, Zerubbabel is after the deportation to Babylon, Jeconiah is the father of Shealtiel, and Shealtiel the father of Zerubbabel, and on and on from there. Zerubbabel is actually mentioned a whole bunch of times in the scripture, and his entire story is told in the books of 1st and 2nd Ezra. And he's mentioned in the prophet Haggai, and he's mentioned in the prophecy of Nehemiah, and he's mentioned in the wisdom of Sirach. So he's mentioned all throughout the scriptures. Uh, but Zerubbabel lived at a time, it says, of course, after the deportation to Babylon. And at that time, when the people were taken out of Jerusalem, they had taken all of the stuff out of the temple, and in fact, they had torn down the temple. And they were all there in Babylon, and some of them were made to be servants of the king, and that's what happened to Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel was one of the bodyguards of the king Darius. Well, Darius threw this great banquet, and he had three, his three bodyguards decided that uh, they were going to show this great crowd how smart they were, and so they held a competition with each other to see which one of them could come up with what is the strongest thing, who, is the strongest, who are the strongest people on the earth. And so the first one makes his presentation, and he actually says, wine is the strongest thing that is on the earth, and he makes his argument. The second one says, the king is the strongest person on the earth. And Zerubbabel stands up and he says, women are the strongest people on the earth. And so if you want a scriptural reason why women are stronger than men, 1 Ezra chapter 4. <laughs> so he makes this argument and he wins. But he says even more than that. I'm going to tell you, he says, that actually more than wine, more than the king, and even more than women, if you can believe it, truth is the strongest thing on earth. And in 1st Ezra chapter 4 verse 38 through 40, so if you want to make a note to read it later, Zerubbabel says this, but the truth abides and is strong forever. The truth lives and rules unto ages of ages. There is no partiality or prejudice with the truth, but it does righteous things, distinct from all wrongdoings and evil. All are pleased with its deeds, and there is nothing unjust in its judgment. 
For strength, dominion, authority, and majesty belong to it unto all ages, and blessed is the God of truth. Now, was Zerubbabel saying truth is the strongest thing? We as Christians should look at that and replace that word truth with something else or with someone else. Jesus Christ says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so Zerubbabel, like 12 generations before the birth of Christ, is already preparing the people of Israel. He's preparing even the Babylonians to know and understand that truth is more powerful than anything. And truth, in fact, is Jesus Christ. And so he's paving the way for us to understand that truth is the most powerful. Because if you take that same verse that I just read and you replace it with Christ, hear it. But Christ abides and is strongest forever. Christ lives and rules unto ages of ages. There is no partiality or prejudice in Christ, but he does righteous things distinct from all wrongdoings and evil. All, all are pleased with his deeds, and there is nothing unjust in his judgment. For strength, dominion, authority, and majesty belong to him unto all ages, and blessed is the God of Christ. That, none of that is wrong. And so, again, Zerubbabel is saying that Christ, truth, is the strongest, most important thing. But it gets even better. After winning this competition, Darius the king says to Zerubbabel, I'll give you whatever you want. You are so smart and wise. And so Zerubbabel says, allow me to rebuild the temple, because the temple had been destroyed. And so Darius writes all these letters, and you can actually read about um, all of that goes into the rebuilding of the temple in the, the course of First and Second Ezra. But suffice it to say that the temple eventually gets rebuilt. And so hear this, truth rebuilds the temple. And again, we as Christians, when we hear that word about the temple, we should think about Christ, who in, in the Gospel of John looked at the temple and said, tear down that temple... That took Zerubbabel a lot, lot of time to, to build, and I will rebuild it in three days. But then the gospel says he was not talking about the physical temple, he was talking about the temple of his body. And not only his body, because St. Paul says that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. The incarnation, truth, taking on flesh, the purpose of it is to rebuild this temple to rebuild and restore and resurrect our bodies. That's what's happening. That's what happened with Zerubbabel, with truth rebuilding the temple. And that's what happens with Christ when we cling to him. Truth rebuilds this temple. This temple that gets sick. This temple that is fallen. This temple that will eventually die when it is connected to Christ, when it is connected to the truth who took on flesh for us and for our salvation, it will be rebuilt. And that's what we want. That's what we desire, and that's why we are celebrating so passionately the incarnation, the nativity of Christ, the second person of the Trinity, truth taking on flesh, so that this temple, the temple of our body, can be resurrected. The temple of our body can be reborn and rebuilt into the kingdom of heaven. 
And so what we need to do is to cling to truth. And so really think about that verse, 1 Ezra chapter 4, verses 38 through 40, because it says truth has no partiality or prejudice. So that means ourselves needing to be that way, to not have partiality or prejudice, but to treat everyone as they are created in the image and likeness of God. And it doesn't, it doesn't just say to not do bad things. It says truth does righteous things. So we live our life being virtuous, being righteous before God, and doing kindly towards others because it says that all are well-pleased in the actions of truth. That's what we need to do to show the world that we are temples of God that we are temples of the Holy Spirit and that we believe that truth has inhabited our temple and will raise and rebuild our temple into the kingdom of heaven. So brothers and sisters, when you hear that name Zerubbabel, and I hope you'll think about it now, think about truth. Think about truth building the temple. And then think Christ. Christ builds the temple Christ raises us into new life. That is the power of the Incarnation. That is the feast that we are going to be celebrating tomorrow evening. And now I've given you homework every Sunday leading up to now, so why would I stop now? There's just over 24 hours until we celebrate the Nativity. Do something kind to someone in the next, for someone in the next 24 hours. Show kindness. Show that you are a temple of the Holy Spirit and that truth exists in you and that you desire for your temple, your body, to be rebuilt and resurrected into the kingdom of heaven. And then, when we all do something kind for one another, how can we help but have joy at the feast tomorrow night? May God bless us to understand and know the power and strength of truth, who is Christ our God. And may we hope for the rebuilding of our temple. Glory to the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.